1: Time for the Bat Podcast where you can listen to Steve Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got Dick Joseph Lloyd.
2: It was pure evil. It's gonna be alright. Our times escape me since 1975. And I've followed you around for such a very long time I'm gonna snatch you off the street then I'm gonna take your life And there's no hope for me I'll become a creature unworthy of pity And I'll toss you in the ground
0: across the Mason County line And I'll keep it to myself then that's so sublime But you lie and you laugh You ain't never gonna last And you know There's a time the a time and are gonna And everyone that you love Is dead and When everything I do And I say is a lie when I say I let you go You know you're gonna die I ain't gonna spend The very last minutes Of your life
2: Your blood calls out to me I can't resist a taste Two or three And I'll creep on up behind you With my razor for the kill
0: A crimson spray into the night Get it get to the jail?
3: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 170 of The Bone Bat Show, our annual Halloween episode. How's it going, Gord? It's going so spooky. Spooky as fuck, right? (laughs) That's exactly how spooky, Steve. Fuck spooky. As Exactly, fuck fuck spooky. You know, some people may not know this. There might be a, a few new listeners. Every year on Halloween, what do we do, Gord? Beer and candy, Steve. Beer and candy, that's right. We find the most horrible shit that we can put into our bodies,
4: and we do exactly <laughs> that. Um, Not actually the most horrible <laughs> shit. I mean, in the beer and candy family.
3: <laughs> Within the medium of beer and candy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's kind of funny to me. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so right now I'm drinking a Victory Brewery Hop Devil IPA. It has a little Hop Devil, exactly that with a couple of earrings on the uh, can. And uh you know, it's a, it's a little more I want to say bitter than I like out of an IPA. That's funny you should mention. I, I like IPA. I like an IPA that tastes like summer, not an IPA that tastes like summer in a dumpster.
4: <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay.
3: No, nah, that was just a joke. Find people at Victory uh, Brewery if you want to send me more Hop Devil. I will absolutely drink it.
4: That's pretty good, and and not compare it to summertime in a dumpster. I will. <laughs> I
3: like the way you brought it up again, just to totally screw us up with that particular brewery.
4: Yeah, no, seriously. Anybody if you want to send us stuff, we will probably not compare it to summertime in a dumpster. Doesn't matter what it is. I guess uh, I'll. Yeah. I, I guess I'll just Do proceed
3: headphones. into sucking up to the next brewery. Uh, on our Probably list. Probably so. I would
4: belay the whole dumpster talk. My, like, I'm right sorry, Victory.
3: This isn't going to work out between us. It's, it's not you. It's me.
4: <laughs> it really is you. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: anyway, welcome to our Halloween say. show. Uh, we've got some excellent spooky music this episode from Salt Lake City's Die Monster Die, the longtime horror punk band a band that I've been a fan of for a really long time, and we hadn't had a chance to feature them, and now we're going to give them the full bone bat treatment. Lots of tunes for you to enjoy. It's going to be a good time.
4: You know, you're kind of a self-centered piece of crap, Steve, because Why you... you didn't even bother to ask what I'm drinking. What are you drinking, Gord? Well, as our listeners know, at this stage in my life, I really don't drink alcohol, which has made the beer and candy episode a little bit more problematic for me. But I'm right right now in my hands... I'm cradling a Lagunitas Brewery Lagunitas Hop Hoppy Sparkling Water, which sounds terrible. That sounds awful. But it's—I'm it's not going to lie. <laughs> no, it—it sounds—it sounds, it sounds freaking. Imagine terrifying.
3: refreshing sparkling water that's bitter.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? What? It's not bad. I've had worse beer than this. <laughs> It tastes
3: like beer without any of the pleasant getting fucked up part of it. That's right. Do you
4: like to to taste bitter <laughs> but not have any extra fun? <laughs> well. <laughs> Lagunich actually fun and
3: aside. Uh, I'm a big fan of their stuff. They make delicious beer.
4: I'm a huge fan of their stuff. And if you ever get a chance to visit their fine facility, you should. Uh, I think that fake beer, non-alcoholic beer is bullshit and a pox on the earth. This doesn't try to be beer, so I appreciate it. It just it's it's it just it's, tries
3: to be hoppy sparkling water.
4: Water, bubbles, hops. Cap that shit off and sell it to somebody like me. <laughs> there you go.
3: Well, you know, it isn't just beverages that we sample here on the Bone Bat Halloween episode, Gord.
4: That's right, Steve.
3: I'm going to root around in my sack.
4: Oh yeah, grab it. And let's see what we got.
3: Gummy candy zombie bites. Brains and eyes. You see, I like that. That's like that's like a chicken place that only gives you the kind of meat you want. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not getting any arms, fingers, or toes. I'm only getting brains and eyes. Is waffles a meat? I don't know. I'm not gonna eat all these. I'll try one eye and one brain. How about you? What are you getting? While I'm getting this ready, what are you having?
4: All right. Well, I too grabbed a box, and this is gummy related. I'm, I'm a little confused. Mary Hooves Pony Plus Gummy Candy. It apparent it's a it has actual size on the box, like it's going to be bigger than the fucking box. I don't. All right. And inside is a horse with wings some sort of winged pony, which is bullshit because it's plastic. This is not gummy. Oh, and then I see there's like a little bag of gummy horse shit to go with it.
3: You see, gummy is a—it's an interesting medium because, you know, you look at it and it looks like it could be edible. You pop it in your mouth and it tastes like a mix of indiscriminate fruit and bathtub
4: caulking. <laughs> it does quite a bit. And trust me, my last name is almost caulking. Yeah, and the gummies, the gummies are uh, uh, fairly marginal in the world of gummies. I wouldn't put these near the top. The horse itself is not a very large horse. I guess I'm to collect them. Oh, it says 10 ponies in collection. Collect them all. So it's a pony. It's not a horse. That explains the size so difference.
3: Did you choose this candy because of the Headless Horseman tie-in? Or what is spooky particularly about gummy ponies?
4: I think what's spooky is I'm a grown ass man holding a little happy gummy pony. <laughs> <laughs> Point. Okay. All right. Judge will accept that. Yeah. Oh, I've got so,
3: to Yeah. The, the, the gummy candy zombie bites from Treat Suite, I'd say give those a pass. They are not great. It's totally run of the mill gummy, not particularly fruity. Eh. Yeah.
4: And likewise, unless you have some really specific fetish, I would skip the Merry Pubs. <laughs> Pony plus gummy candy. All right. Fair enough. Not worth it. The The Lagunitas Hop is better than that. And really, frankly, I'm not going to be able to finish this whole thing.
3: <laughs> so uh, anyway, a couple other musical items I just wanted to mention. Uh, Sam Haynes has a brand new album out. You may uh, remember him from previous years. Uh, he also takes part in the Monster Mashups often. But uh, he does his own thing, Haunt Music. Under the name Sam Haines, you can find his stuff at Sam Haines, dot uh, They have this brand new release. It's called Season of the Witch, and uh, we're going to be playing a cut from that later on. Uh, additionally, the aforementioned monster mashups have a brand new three-volume collection of Halloween mashups. That's pretty damn cool. Those guys always overachieve, I have to say. Indeed, I've been listening. You'll find a link on the Bone Bat page for this year's volume, so snap that up right away. Uh, before we uh, move on into the show, I do want to remind everybody about uh, the concert uh, next Wednesday, Halloween night, October 31st, of course, at High Dive in Seattle, the Halloween Against Homelessness show that uh, my band Social Meteor is putting on along with Death Star and Mike Vadova. It's going to be a great time, and uh, we have some new interesting news I mentioned before. This is a benefit for FacingHomelessness.org. You may recall uh, the interview with uh, Benet from that organization last episode. As I mentioned previously, if you bring a donation of new socks to give to uh, Facing Homelessness, you'll get a sticker pack. Additionally, this week, uh, Crypticon Seattle jumped aboard with a few door prizes for us. We've got some t-shirts from them and a pair of weekend passes for Crypticon 2019. That's pretty awesome, right?
4: That is totally awesome.
3: So come on down to High Dive on Halloween night. Hear some great music and help us. Given what you just said, shouldn't this be socking homelessness? I guess it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. So come on out and sock homelessness.
4: Right in its big stupid face.
3: There you go. So dude... Yes. Why don't we do... What do we always do about this time? What pisses See, you, you off, pisses man? Off. How'd you know what I was going to say? That's crazy I haven't moved from
4: this chair, uh, and somehow I've lost the bottle opener. <laughs> Like, I, like, literally have not moved, and the bottle opener is gone. Oh, I found it. Oh, God. You're like a
3: three-fisted drinker. We're not even to the next segment yet, you've got another drink. I love it.
4: Yeah, well, frankly, I've had enough of this oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I won't tell you what I'm drinking next That's... until the right time.
3: You can find that can... again at fucklagunitas.org. <laughs>
4: yeah, summer to dumpster. We're offending all of the candy and beer people tonight. That's right. Nobody is unscathed. No, Steve, what pisses me off is other people's iPhone issues. I don't care if you have an iPhone or a Droid. I currently sport a Droid. But lately, people in my life with iPhones have been really fucking up and not knowing how to use their phones, and it's been fucking me up. Really? Explain. Yeah. Case in point. I'm not going to name any names. I, I happen to be married to her, <laughs> but I'm not going <laughs> to name any names. No names. I, I want this to be anonymous because I'd hate for anyone to become embarrassed. And for some reason lately, uh, her phone has she she sleeps with it by the bed, uses it as an alarm clock of sorts, but it's been uh, it's been going off, vibrating every time he gets any kind of a notification. So throughout the night, I get. <laughs> And I say as gently as I can when I've been awakened for the nth time, hey, could you uh, please silence your goddamn motherfucking phone? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then because my wife is at her best when I've awakened her, she'll respond in kind something like, I don't know how to do it. My phone doesn't do that. Now, yes, it does. Just because you don't know how it's done... It doesn't mean it doesn't. Figure it out. I'm sure there are other people in the world who have phones by their bed that don't wake up their husband every 48 fucking seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying! (laughs) Uh, Case in point number two, lately I've had people in the professional context who need to send me videos of machinery running who suddenly can't figure out how to get the video from their phone to me in any fashion at all. They can't email it, text it, dropbox it. It's all just, I don't know. Do you know how to make this work? No, we're thousands of miles apart. I don't have an iPhone. Just, if I had a droid I could tell you how to do it. <laughs> I don't think it does that. Yes, yes yes, it fucking does. Figure your shit out, iPhone people. Uh, or switch to a droid and then I can communicate with you. Pissing me off. That would piss you, me off, yeah. Yeah. What? What's going on with you? What's well,
3: pissing you off. I had a phone thing. I broke my phone last week. Ah, oh, that totally I hope sucked. hope it was an iPhone. No, it was an Android. Is my Samsung Galaxy Six, which I've had for quite a while, admittedly. But I mean, it was in an otter box and everything. And we were coming home from a night out, Julie and I, and I had like a sweater in my arms and a water bottle and just a bunch of shit. And my phone slipped out of my hand and it hit the hit the pavement. And I picked it up, and I grab all my stuff. We go in the house, turn on the lights, and you know, unlock. And I go to look at my phone, like 15 minutes later, and it's cracked down the side. I'm just, son of a bitch. That totally pissed me off. So I had to get a new phone, which brings up the whole moving oh, into a new phone. phone is a pain in the ass. Yeah, yes, it is. Because basically, like the phone was old enough that it was going to cost 240 bucks to replace just the screen. To fix the screen, and then the battery because it's you know five years old, four years old, whatever. The battery was kind of shitty, and I figure, well, if I'm going in anyway, so I would have the battery replaced. So you're looking at like three hundred bucks to get it fixed, and the newer versions have better cameras and better memory and better pretty much everything. So it seemed like that was the wiser thing to do. So, but but now I've got to move into a phone. It's, you know, who remembers? All the passwords for the fifty apps you have on
4: your phone at any one time. Nobody. That's who.
3: Exactly. So it's like I have a half of my phone, you import everything, but then half the shit doesn't work. You know, uh, it doesn't remember your phone numbers, just all kinds of stuff that's super annoying. So that pisses me off. But another thing pisses me off. You know what? Last episode I was talking about our good friend Eric Morgret and Kelly Young. They've got a new podcast, the Dead Again Podcast. Remember that? Yeah. Yes, I do. And uh, they did their latest episode on a film that it means a great deal to me. Gordon, I'll ask you a question. What is the greatest zombie movie of all time? Return of the Living Dead. Yes, that is the exact right answer. And they're <laughs> doing an episode. These people, I've enjoyed their show. They're doing an episode on the film that is the best fucking zombie movie we ever. We did not
4: practice that ahead of time. We did folks. not
3: practice this. I didn't even mention it. And so, you know, they're talking about it, and they have Steve Lang, the director of Junk Bucket and Junk Bonds. Junk Bucket 2, Are they're both on the show, and they're talking about the film. They're excited. Steve's talking about it's one of his favorite zombie movies. Eric's talking about the effect it had on him. And Kelly goes, well, I didn't love it on reviewing, and it's not like I dislike the film. The then he went on to say that he prefers both night of the creeps and slither to return of the living dead the king of them all that's unconscionable it's unconscionable it pisses me off i expect yeah. more i frankly
4: expect more well no, you know I, I respect people's opinions whatever you're into you're into you should do the things you enjoy but that is wrong that's just wrong yes it's, wrong it's empirically person. incorrect Two and two does not make 69.
3: It doesn't. And it was interesting because uh, Steve was actually running down some facts from the films. So you may not know this. Probably don't. Uh, For instance, he mentioned the film he liked better was uh, Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps, the budget of Night of the Creeps was $5 million. It made $600,000 at the box office. Slither's budget was $15 million. And it made $12.8 million at the box office. So that's a total of 20 million in budget for those two films, and 13.4 million dollars in box office. Return of the Living Dead alone had a budget of four million dollars and made 14 million at the box office. <laughs> Boom! So it was more productive than either of those films, and in my opinion, it's a better film. I mean, it's better. It doesn't, but, it but it's better. another indicator. People enjoyed it, and they spent money on seeing that film. What The thing that I really love about, to me, Return of the Living Dead, is from the start, everything in this film that you're about to see is true to the end where they nuke the fucking city to get rid of zombies. Yes. Everything in that film just hits the right note for me. It's got a soundtrack that is, frankly, freaking amazing, led off by the yeah. cramps. It's got Roki Erickson, the scene where... James Karen, God rest his soul, he just passed away this week. Unfortunately, where he immolates himself in the incinerator, in the incinerator, Burn. and they Burn play the "Burn the Flames" by Roki Erickson. That scene still gives me chills to this day. It's so fucking good. It's alternately hilarious and terrifying, and the music is great. And it's fun, and it's got new, Linnea Quigley dancing naked in it. This film yeah. is fantastic. There's nothing I don't love about this film. And for someone to just be like, eh, meh, I mean, we all have opinions, but I gotta say, I was disappointed in that particular opinion from our friends at the Dead Again pod.
4: Now I'm pissed off.
3: (laughs) I jokingly said, close my account, that's it. Unsubscribed (laughs) with extreme prejudice. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, too, because we all, we love to argue movies. I think we're probably going to do a little more of that later on in the show.
4: Yes, we will. (laughs) You know, Steve, up until this moment, I didn't think that you should have to have a license for podcasting. (laughs) But now I do. I mean, there should be fucking standards.
3: (laughs) That's pretty funny. Talking about arguing about movies. Somebody posted something on Facebook this evening, which I thought was interesting. The Fog or The Mist? The Mist. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You see, I would say The Fog. I hate the ending of the mist film. I fucking Ah. hate it. It destroys (laughs) that movie for me. It's bullshit, and nobody who has kids would ever go that route. It's ridiculous, and it ruins the... No, nobody's going to kill their kids before they know. People are killing their
4: kids every day.
3: (laughs) Not on purpose. They do it the old-fashioned way, with Coke and Cheetos. (laughs) They're not going to shoot their kid in the head. Because there might be big bugs a mile away. That's not going to happen. They locked their kids
4: in basements because, Jesus.
3: Spoiler alert, I I guess, but I don't care because it's a shitty movie.
4: Fuck The Mist. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was a great movie, although I, I too, disagreed with the ending. Fog. It's got
3: Adrian Barbeau and Jamie Lee Curtis, directed by John Carpenter. Good music. Admittedly, the whole ghost pirate thing is kind of hokey, but it's a fun
4: film. I enjoy it. I like it more than The Mist. All right. Anyway, can we do the next, uh, the next drink? Because I'm tired of pretending like I haven't had this next drink yet.
3: Oh, you aren't already drinking something new?
4: <laughs> I'm drinking something new. We just haven't discussed it. Okay, what are you drinking, buddy? Blenheim Hot Ginger Ale. Not technically a beer. It's an ale, I guess. And it's made from pure water. And sounds, this is good stuff.
3: Sounds spicy.
4: It is. Well, it's hot. That's what it says right on there. It's I got moved a white on... oh, print sorry. with a black. Ha! Sorry. <laughs> Keep saying that. That I think it helps. It does. Ha! Too hot in a hot tub. It's a Blenheim ginger ale. Original ginger ale from Pure Water. Hmm. And I'm assuming it's from Blenheim. I'm not sure which Blenheim. There are several. I'm going to say New Zealand. Just because mo- that's the, my favorite Blenheim.
3: I have moved on to another IPA. This is uh, from Stone Brewery. It is called Mm. Enjoy by 103118 IPA. Frighteningly fresh, just for Halloween.
4: Does it have a devil on the bottle?
3: You know it, kid. Nice. Before we go to this next song, I'm going to grab another candy.
4: Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. Here's what I got. Sour Flush.
3: I don't think I've ever actually eaten one of these. It's a Chico stick.
4: Oh, God. I'm so sorry. It says, break me, share me. Yeah, no, don't share it with me. Why not? Because it's disgusting. I share everything with you. Isn't
3: it basically (laughs) like the inside of a Butterfinger without the chocolate? I thought it was like a
4: chicken-flavored chocolate thing. A chicken flavor? That's what I thought. Why else would it be called a Chico-Stick? It does not taste like chicken. Oh, thank Jesus. Does it taste like the inside of a butt or finger? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, speaking of butt, I'm going to have a sour... Flush. It's a uh, purple plastic toilet with two candy plungers, and uh, <laughs> I, inside the toilet, you're to lift the toilet bowl, and there is, well, what, some sort of powdery dip stuff that you're supposed to stick the plungers in. So, uh, yeah, that's different.
3: That's horrible. You know, there's a thing now, because there's like a poop emoji, and every everybody poops, and everybody thinks it's getting, no. I'm not having any of that
4: stuff. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like poop. It looks like, you know, powder. Like It's I a don't
3: toilet know. and plungers. What other. Oh, because that's where you flush your cocaine when the cops show up. <laughs> it
4: does kind <gotta> of look like <laughs> cocaine in the toilet.
3: I don't understand your candy. I don't either. Then again, I'm not a
4: hardened criminal. You're a softened criminal. All right, so. That's uh, that's surprising. It tastes uh, not nearly as fecal as, as you might think. So a chicken stick. Eating something out of a toilet. A it's like you're ex- No, I'm talking. You stop. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> 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 and, uh, this is like you're expecting more of a toilet taste, but it's really more <laughs> like sweet and sparkly. It's It's a lot like giving the Lucky Charms leprechaun a rim job. <laughs> like I've...
3: you never expect the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> you never expect <laughs> toilet candy. I don't. No, You're yeah. right. That's not what I go yeah. for when I'm looking for candy ever.
4: Oh, and yet here it is.
3: So chicken stick is crunchy peanut butter and toasted coconut candy. Not bad, but on the whole, I'd rather have a butterfinger.
4: <laughs> on the whole, <laughs> let's
3: let's listen to another tune, dude. Okay. All right. This is uh, one from. Die, Monster, Die, and their 2003 album, Honor Thy Dead, a salute to one of my favorite films, Dead Alive.
2: Powered more yeah. chop them to best yeah. Get alive.
0: night. It's great to see you. You? Delighted. <laughs> glad <that laughs> so glad that you'll help
2: us then to, to choose our future to guide us into the light again and under, under Chuck the Butcher or little Susie Slasher. Yes, she is quite a... Uh,
0: It's a to see you there. It's a bloody mess in there. <laughs>
2: Susie wants to make lovely dollies out of you. Get on. All of us? Yes,
0: all of you. You've yeah, got quite a production line. You all fit. <laughs> Is there free self no. inside? No. No way. No way. Wow,
3: that's uh, cool. Is that a severed head? I
0: have to drop
2: Go.
1: you <laughs> you You never wash your flesh.
0: Oh no! Oh no! do not jump out!
3: <laughs> you think Susie's in here guys? It says beast mode on, that hand. Susie. Susie's not on this. Susie's side?
0: On your face as it has done with time. <laughs>
1: this is <sanitizing>. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, look and
3: Uh, Steve here from the Bone Bass Show at Stalker Farms 2018 and joining me now the master of the macabre Dan O. How you doing man?
5: I'm doing good I'm doing good. Nice foggy night
3: Beautiful night.
5: I've said it before this is the as far as natural
3: haunt scenes go, yeah. you can't top Stalker Farms, man. You've got the corn. You've got the fog. Yep. fantastic.
5: Yeah, no, it's it's great. The weather has been a blessing for every outdoor haunt across this side of Washington.
3: <laughs> yeah, I did not need my uh, stomping boots tonight. It nope. was dry as a bone out there, which yeah. is good. Bone being the operative
5: word. Right.
3: So, absolutely uh, loved both of the haunts this year. Pogo, good. you guys... Every year, that that trail gets even better. I love what you're doing. Nice in the clown haunt.
5: Yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, you know, and we've got you know six rules for those really, really, really rabid fans. You know, each scene is dedicated to a rule for pogo, so something original and a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we added kind of this laser swamp room. That's uh, kind of kind of killer in there.
3: It was terrifying. It's yeah. just great. Yep. Really well done, and we got, of course. There's a lot of misdirection going on, so the, yeah. the scares are there to be had. Absolutely. And on the stalker side, gruesome
1: scenes. Man, the
3: gore was over the top.
5: Yeah, no, no. There's some. There's some good gore scenes. If you stopped and looked at some stuff, you're you're gonna see some interesting, uh, some interesting macabre and gross uh, severed things. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you almost feel like you need a bath when you come out of that one. Absolutely.
5: <laughs> so, so do our <laughs> actors. <laughs> yeah. Wash your flesh. That's right. English.
3: And. Finally, the new thing this year is the three-minute scarecrow challenge, yep. which was freaking terrifying. What a yep. great idea. Tell our listeners a little bit
4: about it.
5: Yeah, well, you know, everyone's looking to expand and do different things, and all of the haunts across the U.S. are big into escape mazes or escape challenges or whatever you want to call them rooms. It's a little hard to do that outdoors, an escape room. So, you know, we uh, we decided to do a three-minute maze. It's a it's a it's a tight dark maze with a scarecrow that runs around in there and and hunts you down but as you're doing it you're finding three riddles and the riddles will tell you where the button is you push the button to get out so and the scarecrow
3: looks like he's about nine foot tall when you're standing there in the dark he'll leave you alone if you don't move and yep. Yep. you really feel like you're in a horror movie. That was great. Yeah. Totally chilling.
5: Yeah, no, it's worth the wait. It's, uh, you know, it's something new and it's for all of our VIP passes. It's, it's, an, it's not an extra fee. It's just on top of our VIP ticket. Um, You know, we're not charging an a la carte for that. So, you know, if it goes really well, we might add that, you know, make it bigger or do something different next year. But. Um. What a fun! Uh, this is a fun, neat concept for uh, really our VIP people.
3: Yeah, and it's something that I felt like I hadn't done before. Something yeah. new, which is always great. You yep. come out to you know one of our favorite haunts and to see a, something new tacked onto it. Yep. that feels like a just a rare treat.
5: Yeah, and it's great because you know you really win it if you uh, if you teamwork. Right. I've watched people like all five people hunt for the same button. It doesn't work that way. You got to, you got to split up. You got to break the horror rule and split your party up. That's the only way. So yeah, I know we had a lot of good feedback out of that. So some people, you know, the line can, you know, tend, most people tend to go to the haunt and then they want to come back and do that. So the line mm-hmm. can stack up, but you know what? Um, you know, it, it's, it's worth it. You know, it's, it's a good three minutes for especially team building.
3: All right. So uh, why don't you tell our listeners when you're open now?
5: We're open uh So Friday, Saturday, Sunday okay. And then the week before Halloween We're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday okay. And then we're also open on Halloween Halloween's
3: night. on a Wednesday So are yeah. Monday, Tuesday or nope. Sunday and then Wednesday
5: it would be Sunday and then Wednesday, Halloween okay. And then that night we're going to turn off the lights again On one of our haunts and then you're going to get an LED light to go through it by your, oh, by so your blackout, lonesome blackout. Blackout haunt trail. Yeah, we're nice. going to do a blackout haunt trail. All right. So that'll be exciting.
3: Fantastic. Well, yeah, listeners, it's a great time. As always, here at Stocker Farms, you got to come out and check it out. Yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again, Dan, for having us out. It's always a pleasure, sir.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Love having you guys out.
0: Bring it in. I want to see pretty faces before you die. do you guys like clowns? Yes. Oh, this is clowns. So. Yeah, well, there's a clown on the door. <laughs> Uh, and that's why cl- there's a clown standing in front of you. Oh, you're a clown too. i talking to you. I'm sorry. I it's okay. You, love you can use your observation skills <laughs> next time. I really like your eyes. All right, so thanks. It's pink eye. You want some? No. Get you out of work for a little bit. It's pretty I'm okay. easy. I'm no. Okay. okay, all right. Here we go.
1: All right, right in. We're just going right bye
0: in. Bye bye. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what are you hiding from? Come on. <laughs> Holy shoot! (laughs) Hold on to me.
1: Happy to be here. Because if you're not, I'll shove my glove down your esophagus and rip out that salty attitude. Poke the fire. Yes. Oh, guys. Coming. Maintain eye okay. contact. Watch out for Pogo! <laughs> Watch out for Pogo! Pogo's coming
0: for you! Watch out for Pogo! Always him eye contact! Because <laughs> you'll be done, we're miss him! <laughs> oh my god! You know what? Don't
3: play, you're going to miss him! <laughs> <laughs> this is not going in well. Oh my god! 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 Oh my They Oh my That same thing in the Saw they That
0: all Oh my god, dad, dad, dad. Oh dad. <laughs> I'll be your daddy. I was waiting. Oh, I've waiting to slice you from head to toe all day. Oh Come on, back up. Back up, back up, back up. Yeah, Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah! God. Oh,
3: All right. Uh, There's a whole lot of creepy content. Uh, First off, we had Dead Alive, of course, from Die Monster Die, off the Honor Thy Dead release from 2003. You can find their stuff at Die Monster Die Then, following that, uh, Julie and I and uh, our son. Spent an evening at Stalker Farms uh, last week, and uh, you had a little live audio from that. And uh, following that, we had a brand new tune from Sam Haynes called The Witching. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find his stuff once again at samhaynes.bandcamp.com. Very spooky stuff. That releases Season of the Witch, uh, brand new this year. So, dude, Stalker Farms, i got to tell you about this. So. Tell me. As always, it's one of the top scenic haunts to go to. You've got these endless fields of corn that are chock full of mazes, and you've got natural fog creeping in. You've got a full moon over it. It's a gorgeous, creepy scene, and it's within this environment that they build their mazes. And of course, they had the Slasher Family Maze, which uh, the Slasher Family—a long line of butchers—so you've got room after room of disgusting meat-themed scares, uh, followed by a always the uh, quintessential chainsaw action that you look for. Then they've got the creepy Pogo the Clown Maze, which has been oh, getting no. better and better every year. Uh, just that's some a, really a cool hard stuff there. No. But this year, something brand new. Now, you know that escape rooms are kind of the rage these days, right? Yeah. So they have a new maze called the Scarecrow's Challenge. And what it is, is you have three minutes to enter a maze and hit three different buttons. And when you hit the three buttons, you have to get out of the maze. But there is a creepy ass scarecrow stalking you. And if he sees you, he'll get you. So you have to stop, and if you freeze, he thinks you're also a scarecrow and will pass you by. So we're standing in line, because, you know, it's a little slower because they only let a few people in every three minutes. And we're sitting there in the line amongst the fog and the corn stalks, and there's this big maze structure in front of us. And we look up, and what looks like about an eight-foot-tall fucking scarecrow climbs out of the maze... crawls across the roof like a giant spider and drops back down into the (laughs) maze, and you're going holy shit what am I into so we entered it and immediately we start figuring well if we split up we can find the buttons quicker and so, my family goes left, I go right, and immediately I bump into the Scarecrow. And it was fucking, like, legitimately chilling. Like, you stop and you freeze. And he, like, <laughs> looks at... He comes up and he looks at me, and then he wanders off. I'm like, oh, shit. And so, I go back to go find Julie and my son, and they're stuck in a dead end. And so, then I lead them out, and we're, like, walking right through where the Scarecrow just was. And... Like he's gone just mysteriously. So we go past that room and we turn a corner and there's the first button. It's like well lit. And so we run over, we hit the button and there's like, it's, it's all hooked together with speakers. So it goes, the first button has been hit two minutes, 20 seconds. Like, so it's oh. counting you down. And so that's cool. We go through and we hit the second, the second button. We hit the third button and immediately. We know you we went through like this to get to the third button. You had to go through this dark part of the maze. And so we get to the end and we hit the button and then we're like, oh, shit, we have to navigate that maze again. And we don't know where the scarecrow is. And so you're basically hauling ass through this maze, right? And so my son and I get outside and we're like, we did it. We're outside. We turn around. Where's Julie? She's gone. We don't know where Julie is. Julie is still back in the vase. like a running back in trying to find her. And she was like Velma and Scooby-Doo. She hit a burlap sack and she lost her glasses. And she was on all fours looking around for her glasses. And she was like, she didn't know if she was more scared of the scarecrow grabbing her from behind or me running back to find her and stepping on her glasses. <laughs> So it was super fun and super creepy and totally thrilling in a way that I haven't seen in a haunt in a long time. It was just great, a wonderful addition to what they're doing. So really suggest that you go check out Stalker Farms this year. It's going through Halloween night, and uh, it is a great time. You've got to do the Scarecrows Challenge. So much fun.
4: That sounds awesome. That really sounds. Cool. It was really good. It was really good.
3: So uh, before we play a little bit more from Die, Monster, Die, why don't we talk about the band a little bit? Die, Monster, Die hails from Salt Lake City, Utah. They they came from a band originally called Casa Diablo, uh, which had both Shane Diablo and the lead vocalist and original guitarist Zero DeLorean in that band in uh, 2000 they uh, broke up casa diablo and formed die monster die so they've been at this a good long time Uh, to date they've released i think six albums that we've been checking out this week Uh, their latest album is still in the works they did a uh, kickstarter for that a couple of years ago and they're working on finalizing it now as i understand but uh, I've I've been really impressed with their music. They uh, definitely there's an evolution. Uh, they started out a little more like just raw punk rock, a little more Motorheady, and uh, as they
4: continue, definitely Motorheady.
3: They got a little more of a Misfits vibe to them, and uh, just uh, always a great horror theme. Uh, and they do one of my favorite songs, which uh, we'll get to at some point in the show uh one night at devil's rock which i have long uh, said is the best misfits fo- song that the misfits never wrote uh we opened <laughs> the show with the, the brilliantly titled how many people do i have to kill before you know i love you i love that song that's hilarious yeah and uh they've got a lot of great stuff uh i unfortunately they weren't able to join us for an interview tonight but uh Hopefully, the next time when they do release their new album, we'll be able to get them on the show for that and uh, do it upright. In the meantime, though, we're going to be playing a lot of music from their six albums.
4: What do you It's do? definitely stuff you can uh, you could bellow along with. I like that. <laughs> I know. You crank it up in the kitchen, and you've never heard it before, and yet halfway through the song, you're singing it. It's cool.
3: The lyrics are fun. It's catchy and a good time, and especially Halloween. What what better is there to listen? Oh yeah. On that note, uh, what are we going to listen to next, buddy?
4: Yeah, so speaking of songs that uh, you can sing along with, first time I heard the song, I started making up my own verses. Uh, couldn't help myself. It's called Invisible Hands.
3: Once again, that was Invisible Hands from A Great and Terrible Loss, the 2008 release from Die, Monster, Die. Gord, you got any weird shit this episode?
4: Weird shit, man. I've got some weird Halloween shit, let me tell you. You've probably seen this in the news. If you're a twisted enough person to listen to this podcast, this (laughs) piece of news has caught your attention. A high school student is in trouble because... She brought cookies to school, and the cookies were gritty. They were gritty because, as people found out after she'd shared them with their friends, they contained her grandfather's ashes. (laughs) I saw this story. Yeah. Uh, So
3: it was a girl or a boy who made the cookies? It was a girl.
4: Wow. A girl Uh, is the freak in this story. Yeah, she brought them to school, shared them around. And then afterwards, kind of laughed and said, ah, ha, ha, I baked my grandfather's ashes in this. You're all cannibals. <laughs> and where did this take place? This took place in Northern California. You know what is so weird?
3: What? So before you told me about this, I read an article about it from the BBC. That's how <laughs> That's how far this story had spread. And I don't know if it's just because it's October and people like creepy shit or what. But isn't that crazy that, you know, I heard about this story first from Britain?
4: Well, it's really funny because at least where I live, probably all over the place, there's such a such a paranoia about everybody's food allergies and preferences. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, my kid can't have sunflower oil. He can't have oh, peanuts. My- yeah. Yeah. God, well, my kid what? can't have grandma. Have a my kid's
3: totally allergic to grandma. It's yeah. just a thing. Oh, it, it runs in our
4: family. <laughs> <laughs> it, it turned out to be Grandpa, not Grandma, though. So oh, who it who wasn't Grandma. Okay,
3: a nut owl. Or,
4: uh, oh, I see what you, see you did, what there? I did there. Yeah, yeah I see what you right, did. But it really, it really was. It was Grandpa. <laughs> I just think that anybody, any one of those kids, now, is, is just got the greatest story to tell. Anytime there's an <laughs> icebreaker, and it's like say something that's different about you say something that's unusual about you, well, you Yeah. I'd, what rare experience have you had well is there something you've done no one else has i've involuntarily eaten another human <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna fucking own the room no one can top that that's hard to top yeah don't even try definitely
3: You see, and they were kind of—they could have been smarter about it, though. I mean, cookies are something that you—you're expecting a fine flour. If you had baked Grandpa in a scone, nobody would have (laughs) noticed. Scones are (laughs) rock hard. Nobody knows shit about a scone. What's in a scone? I don't know what's in a scone. It's (laughs) probably
4: grandparents. It's probably always grandparents. Yeah, I think—I don't know if you can make scones without putting grandparents (laughs) in them. In fact, I'm pretty sure scone is French for dead grandparent. You think? I think. So what happened uh, to the kid? Has the kid been arrested?
3: Okay. Suspended so here's the from thing.
4: school? Like what do you know? I know the kid has been expelled from that school and is now enrolled in a different public high school. And at first the cops were gonna charge her, but there's really no law against what she did that they can. <laughs>
0: figure there's out no to law against
4: giving your friends delicious cookies. No. There's no law against uh, tricking someone into cannibalism, <laughs> which is essentially what it is, right? Yeah, oh. you, I mean, yeah, there's laws against tricking people into committing murder or larceny or a variety of things. Tricking them into cannibalism? Totally legal. You should try it. Wow, that's that's so. Try bizarre. today, kids. And
3: what was going through the girl's head? Like,
4: <laughs> well, at first grandpa
3: but seriously i mean like like it was just a funny joke like you're i mean we've got messed up senses of humor but that is a <laughs> messed up sense a of whole humor other level yeah yeah I, no like, one really knows that's a, that's she, wow and and not enough saying. that they put her in another school so it's not like, yeah, you're you're getting a tutor from now on. It's all right. Well, no, we will just she's
4: going to a, we're gonna going to shuffle you off to another like high school where you could a mile away from the first. Stop
3: her before she bakes again.
4: I think people should know at this point. Yeah, don't try her baked goods. Is she in Homec? <laughs> I don't think she needs to be. She could be teaching it. More like home.
3: Ick. Am I right? No. No. <laughs> you're never right. Well, that's, that's a good mm-hmm. one. That's a perfect yeah. one for Halloween. Holy crap. Hey, you know what? Before we do another tune, let's uh, have another beverage. I've actually already opened mine. This is from the fine folks at Crooked Stave. It is called Adam Beer. It is Dortmunder Sour alt beer aged in bourbon barrels. 9.2% alcohol. Wow. It is a is sour. The bourbon
4: in the barrels when they...
3: No, I, I don't think not. so. It's a sour with a awesome looking skull on the uh, bottle. Here, I, I should take a picture of the skull and send this to you. You would enjoy it.
4: And while you're doing that fine piece of uh, audio podcasting, I'm drinking a Boylan Heritage Ginger. <laughs> Very minimalist label. It's apparently brewed in New York, and it is quite tasty. I'm, you know, these guys. I believe they also make a uh, root beer. And uh, this this is a this is a fine drink. I recommend it. What is it again? It's just called Boilin' Heritage Ginger. Ginger? What? It's not saying. It's not just ginger though, because it's liquid, and I know ginger is not liquid.
3: So this is the second ginger beer in a row. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my Gilligan's Island on.
4: What? <laughs> did you really? I did. I feel like you didn't have to. I never do. And. I'm eating delicious, delicious candy. This is Justin's peanut butter cups. They are organic with dark chocolate. Um, all the stuff, all the hippie crap, non-GMO, blah blah blah. And when you when you open the package to get out these delicious, delicious peanut butter cups, it says, We're nuts for bees. Did you know that one in three <laughs> bites of food depends on bees? I don't, I don't know why I needed to know that with my peanut butter cups. And
3: by B, he means Grandma B.
4: <laughs> Wait, what? These are kind of crunchy. All
3: right, I'm going old school on this. You know the fine folks at Brock's who are famous for those bins of candy they used to have at Safeway when we were growing up? But, but, you know, fuck a candy corn, am I right?
4: There you go, yeah, definitely. So
3: these are Brock's Candy Corn Vampire Teeth. They're white with little red ends.
4: Ah, like albino dog penises. <laughs> Thanks for that.
3: Mm, yeah. How are those in your mouth, Steve? <laughs> you just made this candy 30% less tasty.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but still, you're sucking it down.
3: Tastes a lot like candy corn.
4: Yeah, I imagine it would. <laughs> it's
3: just a different color. and your candy was again Justin's what?
4: what? Justin's two dark chocolate peanut butter cups organic
3: again I'm not seeing the creepy theme
4: well it's not really creepy it's just much better than eating out of a candy toilet I
3: feel like you're phoning in this whole candy thing (laughs) I I like stopped and I bought a bunch of candy every single thing I've had has been horrific in some way or form And everything you've had is like, just like, oh, this is organic something, I don't
4: know. No, we have a comedy horror film fest, and we had a film about a pony. (laughs) Yeah, nice try. Okay, and we've also had a film about a toilet. And we did. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, so far, two-thirds of my candy has been really scary.
3: I see what you did there. Terrifying. (laughs) All right, let's hit another tune. All right. This is uh, one of my favorite ones off the 2010 release Fall to Your Knees. Laika, the Russian space dog, will have her revenge.
2: Weight loss, the capsule tumbles. Undying space dog.
3: Once again, that was Lyka, the Russian Space Dog Will Have Her Revenge from 2010's Fall to Your Knees. I've got some more candy, dude. All right. What candy? I've got Sweet Tart Ropes. Cherry oh. Punch
4: flavor. Cherry <laughs> Punch. I've had this. I I've, I may mean, have had this on the show. Yeah? Yeah. And what did you think? you remember? Uh, is this the one with like little pebbles stuck all over it? No. It looks okay. like a
3: piece of licorice. Yeah, with like a white center.
4: Okay, no, I haven't had that one. Because the the other one I said it was like a like a shit, I believe.
3: <laughs> it's very very uh, cherry, and drinking it with this sour beer is kind of nuts,
4: kind of wrong. I would think. Kind of wrong, yeah. That's when we're at our most right. This Yeah,
3: those <laughs> those don't go together. Fuck no. I gotta You're try making- again and see if it's as bad as I remember. <laughs> yep, just as bad. If only this licorice was hollow, I could drink the crooked stave ultra beer through it.
4: Yeah, it would be a crooked stave that you could drink through. All right, Steve. So here's the thing. Yeah. What is your What is your opinion on high school age trick or treaters coming to your door in? In a half-assed costume that they clearly cobbled together right before they left.
3: In a half-assed costume. I feel that's kind of bullshit. But there's the argument that kids out trick-or-treating are probably not out, like, robbing things (laughs) and doing... (laughs) Burning cars. Burning cars, smoking weed. So there is a certain wholesomeness about it that makes me think that... Okay, I'm, I'm not going to be a dick about it. Because I, I, I'd seen a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, had posted something recently. A sign that somebody posted that was like, too many people are coming to our neighborhood who don't belong for trick-or-treating. Oh, yeah,
4: from like outside of our neighborhood. So we're not
3: giving out candy anymore. You've ruined it for any, everybody, so thanks a lot. He like, asked, what an asshole. Yeah, what, a, what an asshole move that is. I mean, literally... We're talking about giving candies to kids here. How much of a jerk do you want to be about it? Even if it's a kid from outside the neighborhood, maybe you're con- contributing to the, their best night of the year. Why would you want to be a dick about
4: that? People like to be dicks. But I why? A, I don't know. Why? 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 I live in a, in a neighborhood that's got you know a lot of a lot of swimming pools, a lot of two story houses. It's not rich folk, but it's certainly not poor folk. And yeah, we definitely have kids that are definitely not from this neighborhood coming, and I freaking stuff their candy bags with candy. They're welcome. And you
0: know I why used to are they really why need,
3: are they welcome for you? What why are you so welcoming of it?
4: Because what well, kind of a because I lived at a place where I could go outside and play. Like, I could walk out my door and play and run around. And if you have to get in your mom's car and drive somewhere else just to go trick-or-treating, you're probably not living in a nice place. Your childhood is probably a little bit more difficult. And if I could make it a little bit nicer by spending an extra $10 on candy this year, I'm going to do it. Because, shit, man. Because a lot of people are assholes. So I try to be the antidote to that. That's pretty cool. I like that. And I used to... uh, that's, I used to really be anti-like teenagers, half-ass costumes coming trick or treating. Yeah, not anymore. They can come. <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like you know what you're—you're you're just out doing something goofy with your friends. Come on by, that's cool. Yeah.
3: Well, and then there's there's you do occasionally see the teenagers who do dress up, and their costumes are awesome most of the time. Well, they they're get either, extra kid. Yeah, they're either really good or they're really funny. Like, it's a mix of this and that, and it's hilarious. So then, yeah, of course you want to give him more candy. So my, my kid who... That's who pretty liberal of you, though, you know. Is it? I yeah, don't I know. I guess it is. I feel like it is. Damn. <laughs> Trump would not approve of just giving every kid I put out. in their
4: bag, I put a copy of Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> just to try to even it out.
3: There you go. I like it. That's, that's good.
4: So my kid was going to go as... Uh, as Zombie Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Oh, I
3: thought, yeah. from Laverne and Shirley? That okay. would be funny also. That's one way to go.
4: <laughs> but he was going to be like, uh, instead of Trick or Treat, say, tell me about the rabbits, exit wound in the forehead. But now he's going as like the most obscure mu- musician. Nobody's going to know who he is. Everyone is in his little group is going as a musician. <laughs> so he, he picked like a famous bass player that's not Less Claypool. <laughs> like, how is anyone going to know who you are? He's know. going as my friend Liam. Yes, he is. That's awesome. He'll be
3: impressed. <laughs> yeah, not too shabby. I hope he gets lots of
4: candy. I hope he gets lots of candy too. Another tune. You know what? He's going to put a lot of thought into his costume, and it's going to look like something that he cobbled together at the last <laughs> minute because no one's right. going to know what the crap he's supposed to be. Another tune. Yeah, God, I love this song so much. From Screaming Grays We Will Rise. I love this song for two reasons. Reason number one is how it starts, with them almost completely a cappella, <laughs> which is ridiculous and fun. And reason number two, every time I hear the end of this song, I picture how much you must love the end of this song, <laughs> going, can't stop, can't stop, the Viking dead. Yes,
3: I like to sing this while I'm drinking from my flagon.
4: Yes, mead I'm assuming, <laughs> or is it the blood of your enemies? Either. Both. Song. <laughs>
3: Once again, that was From Screaming Graves We Rise from 2010's Fall to Your Knees by Die Monster Die. By awesome music from the band at
4: diemonsterdie.bandcamp.com. It is true, you can't stop. You can't stop the Viking Dead. You can't. Viking Dead Don't even try it. won't be stopped. No. They there's can't, can't not a be spray hampered. There's nothing. You can't hamper the Viking Dead. <laughs> Can't hamper, can't hamper, the Viking debt. It doesn't have the yeah, same. I'm, I'm moving
3: no. on to the final beer. Of the evening,
4: right? Oh, would you please?
3: Now, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Dead Guy Ale from Rogue yeah. Brewery. So if somebody is going to do a pumpkin beer that doesn't suck.
4: Oh, not this again.
3: I'm putting my money on Rogue. So I've got a little mm. pumpkin patch ale, ale brewed with Rogue Farms pumpkins. They grow their own pumpkins. How nice is that? Uh, nice, I guess. And I'm going to have a local candy to finish out the evening. From Brown and Haley, this is a vanilla mountain bar.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That sounds like slang for something. I'm not sure what.
3: I think it's chocolate wrapped around vanilla. And that is exactly Mm. what I want before I stop eating candy.
4: All right. And how is the vanilla mountain bar?
3: Pretty good. Chocolate with nuts and a nougat center. It's good. What about you? What are you doing?
4: All right, Steve. This is, this is, you're, you're probably not going to like this. You're going to say this is cheating. I don't care. I'm a <laughs> grown-up, and I can eat what I want, and this is the most delicious thing in the world. This is my favorite thing to eat. This is straight-up cookie dough from the Davis Food Co-op, and it's terrifying because it has raw eggs, has raw flour, and I'm just eating it. I don't give a, oh!
3: Wait a minute! You're eating just raw cookie dough out of a Rock tub.
4: Co- I I bought it from the store. It's wrapped up in plastic, and you can just you're supposed to cook it. It's you just like saw, right
3: there. saw it off like a log, or is, yeah, it, in not, no, is it in served? a tub? How is it served?
4: Like, how are you eating this? I with a. With I a want to get fork? the full
3: picture with a okay. fork. Okay.
4: So it's it's a cylinder essentially. It's just like it like wrapped up in plastic, just like saran wrap with a paper. Outer bit that I've thrown away, and I've got a fork, and it's it's rather hard because it's been refrigerated, and I'm just kind of like stabbing the fork and then twisting it off, and then just eating raw egg, sugar, butter. I'm not gonna lie to you; it sounds super flour. fucking good. It's, it's butter delicious. and
3: sugar. What's not in yeah. chocolate? What's not to love? That's the best. And I could die from it. I I literally could die. Maybe, but with my luck, you won't. <laughs> what are you drinking right now?
4: Uh, and boiling root beer I've had ah. enough of the ginger thing We're doing root beer Which, frankly, with all the rest of the Sugar that's going on is a lot <laughs> like Putting syrup on my syrup <laughs> It's a bit much It may be a delicious root beer I don't want to detract from the fine people At Boiling, but I yeah. probably should find that hot.
3: I have to. I have to say that my my taste buds were violently assaulted by that last sour alt beer. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know that I'm capturing all of
4: the flavors that are
3: inherent in the Vanilla Mountain and the Rogue Pumpkin beer.
4: Ah. Oh. What was the best Halloween costume you ever had?
3: Couple. There were probably three that were super memorable. One. One year. My mom made it was a big cardboard box covered in tin foil. Sex like robot? Buttons painted on sex robot, how'd you know? There was <laughs> a your mom? slot. There was a slot at the bottom, you put in a quarter, <laughs> and I stuck my dog No! It was a regular <laughs> robot! What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, I was <laughs> evil Knievel. With, oh, that's good. with uh, my dad's leather jacket and I took his white motorcycle helmet and painted the Stars and Stripes bars on it with magic marker. He was he so pissed.
1: No, he didn't <laughs> know I did it.
3: I spent like two days scrubbing that shit off of there. <laughs> and three, one year, I was a mummy and we actually took like three sheets and cut them and sewed them end to end and my mom wrapped me up but the hilarious thing was it's cold in mount shasta california so uh you know i had to wear my coat under it so i'm all wrapped up around a coat and i look like the michelin man i was like (laughs) as wide as i was tall so those are three three halloween costumes particularly memorable for me
4: wow you just rattled those right off i'm impressed thank you well i think we've talked about it before so What are your favorite Halloween games? My favorite one was this, I think I was supposed to be a werewolf, but it was a kit where you, you like, you essentially glued these cotton balls all over your face. And you, before you did that, you taped on, you know, those glow in the dark eyes that looked bloodshot. They were like conical with the pupils cut out. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. And then, but then you glue the, the cotton balls all over your face and then dye them green. There was like this green inky stuff you put on and I just looked like I looked terrifying you couldn't tell what I was supposed to be but I looked <laughs> all kinds of wrong that's and then pretty taking funny. it off afterwards was awful it was just you're like in the, the shower and there's
3: all this like green food coloring just coming off yeah, of the, you and... the
4: green wasn't coming off my face and the, the glue hurt to peel off and everything but <laughs> it was all worth it because I I was amazing
3: <laughs> that's pretty good I don't remember those kits. Was there more than like one type of kit that you could get
4: at the time? Yeah, I think there was. Because I remember
3: like the vacuum form masks, you know, that you'd get when you're real little with the rubber band that would get caught in your hair.
4: Yeah, it would tear your hair out. And then there was just like a plastic poncho with a picture of whatever you're supposed to be on it. It's a picture of Casper. Yeah. Casper wears a fucking shirt with (laughs) That was the thing.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like, come on, mom. Spider Man wouldn't wear a costume with a picture of himself on it. How that's, far up his own stu-
4: ass is Spider Man? That's, <laughs> that's
3: the that's stupidest thing I've ever seen. And it was weird because, like, now, oh my God, the kids get the best stuff. Like, even when my son was little, he had, like, a Flash costume and a Wolverine costume. They were, like, just perfect to, like, the comic books. And they yeah. didn't have any of that. Like, the licensing was Bullshit when we were kids. <laughs> it
4: really was talking about phoning. It was it
3: like in. The, the stone ages when it came to like marketing. I don't know.
4: Kids these days. Yeah, you know, as a grown up, as a college student, I took one of those kids costumes, the GI Joe costume.
3: Yeah, and I remember that one. It had for that. Didn't have like a a cigar molded into the like, <laughs> face.
4: <laughs> I think it did. Yeah. Because you know, get kids hooked on cigars. Reserve. Maybe
3: that was like Sergeant Rock or something, something adjacent. I I could
4: be wrong about that. It was Captain Cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Carcinoma. Halloween costumes. This year I'm just going to go as a bitter old man. You should do it. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm wearing my costume right now. So multimedia triage. Multimedia triage, Steve. So let me tell you. Let me tell you what I'm into. You and I, we both watched the same movie. You <laughs> loved it. You thought Mandy was the best thing since childhood. fucking birth. great. And I watched that whole movie with my mouth hanging open going, what in the fuck did Steve get me to watch? Because this is terrible. It's not terrible. It's fucking awesome. But
3: I get why you'd say that. And I think I said that when I reviewed it last episode.
4: I get why somebody would not like this. This the, usually, if you're really, really into something, I will find something good about it. Oftentimes, I'll really enjoy it. You too. found
3: something about it. Yeah. Okay. The cheese goblin. Yes. <laughs> the macaroni and cheese goblins were fucking awesome. Yes. The and it's one in the commercial. middle of a movie where they didn't belong. That was what's was so cool about it. Yeah, it was just like this no- crazy-ass non-sequitur in between cartoonish violence, heavy metal, that ridiculous axe he made. <laughs> it was, like, what was that? The whole movie Is was like, like preposterous
4: bullshit, and it just tickled me to no end. Oh, God. Man, nothing like watching Nicolas Cage shriek in a bathroom in his tighty-whities for 20 minutes. Oh, and our friend God.
3: Zoran like, tore up the movie, too. He totally uh-huh. agreed with you. He was like, yeah, that was pretentious bullshit. And it was like, it absolutely was pretentious <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> and
4: I still loved it. Like, the opening moments of this movie, <laughs> Nicolas Cage is chopping down this gigantic tree with a chainsaw with, like, a an 18-inch bar, like this little tiny chainsaw that you use for maybe trimming your Christmas tree's branches. <laughs> and he's like, there's no... There's no sawdust coming out. It's just like this one little horizontal cut at the bottom. No wedge, no back cut, no nothing. It was just... Did they not know anybody who who grew up around trees? Is that... It was just from go. They gave, like, zero effort to doing fucking anything in this movie except making shitty TV film effects from the 1960s, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. I watched that. I'll never get that. I get, uh, again,
3: I get why you wouldn't like it, but I thought it was fucking great. It was,
4: (laughs) it was excellent.
3: I loved that movie. It was so much fun. All right.
4: Something, something I liked though. I watched. uh, Let's talk about something you
3: like for once. Jesus. We'll just just put Mandy in the same batch with RL Burnside and what other awesome things do you hate? I don't know. Uh, there's a few things out there.
4: <laughs> there's nothing we showed at our film fest that sucked ass. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, you should have known, because I'm the guy who likes Metal Creepers and Termitator. There's a
4: certain... There's Dude, a, termitator was better than Metal Creepers. There's a far. certain
3: type level of Level of shittiness. It's not level of shittiness. I would yeah. argue it's, there's a certain type of thing that I like that you do not. And we should just know to identify those things. Like, yeah, that's not going to be a Gordon thing.
4: <laughs> but I don't know because it gets to like a certain level of, I mean, there's, there's bad and then there's really bad and then there's fucking invisible unwatchable no and it's not you see you're, you're, gave it, you're giving you're like
3: zone you're giving this judgment thing that doesn't exist there's like, i'm no, not the I'm only person you. who thinks mandy yes, is fucking are. sweet there's no you're one, the only no, one I'm, not, I'm totally not there's <laughs> lots everybody. of people there's lots I, of people who think that's their movie of the year name three uh i'll find them see. for you <laughs> bob foster thinks it's great uh, i know for nicholas cage um, Nicholas Gage thinks it's great and the director <laughs> the director of the film thinks it's fucking awesome no, I talked to the director
4: he said it was a joke he played on Steve <laughs> yeah no he's like cut that That wasn't shitty enough let's 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 shitty up that thing Steve no. Holtz has to like this
3: yeah, it was totally good I loved it
4: it was awesome yeah anyway
3: so I hear you watched a terrible
4: film I did we just talked about it no go ahead Mandy. the next one oh. no bad times at the El Royale that's the one you didn't like that movie? I haven't seen it. I hear it's overwritten
3: and too long. What? <laughs> 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 exactly, see? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one.
4: <clears throat> no, that movie is great. It was a long movie, but did not seem long. It was wonderfully acted. It was perfectly paced. Everything about it except one detail. And I'm I'm not gonna spoil it. Opening scene. I'm not wrecking it for, for you, so calm down. Opening scene, <laughs> so down. something gets buried underneath the floor. It's The guy has to pull up some floorboards. It's clearly on a raised foundation. He puts it beneath the floorboards, puts the floorboards back, right? Mm-hmm. Later on in the movie, it becomes an issue. What room did he bury this under? The fucking hotel is on a raised foundation. You go under one room... You look left if you don't see it. <laughs> You'd be it. You'll able look to right see right everything. See it. I get it. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how they missed that issue. Other than that, I loved it. It's great. You should see it. You'd like it. I think.
3: I will see it, but I probably will wait until video.
4: Mm, yeah, you don't need to see it on the big screen.
3: So yeah. I saw a fresh new movie as well this week. Yeah. Halloween 2018 featuring... I want to see that. ...Jamie Lee Curtis. I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. I thought it was a blast. So, her character, Laurie Strode, they've basically disregarded all of the Halloween sequels. So, it Good. only conserves itself with the very first film. Now, I actually like Halloween 2 quite a bit. The one that takes place in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So... I would have liked it if it had started right there But at the end of that film Michael gets sort of killed He explodes and Loomis gets killed And there's a bunch of stuff that happens That they maybe didn't want to have on the docket At the end of this film They want Michael to still be alive So it basically takes place 40 years after the first Halloween So Laurie Strode is like this shell-shocked Sarah Connor-like character. She spent the last ensuing years making her house into a fortress because she's terrified that one day Michael is going to come back and try to finish the job. And of course, he breaks out of the insane asylum and tries to do exactly that. As they do. But it was cool to see her like so empowered and there was like three, there was her daughter who she had raised always under the threat of Michael returning and there is strange because she has been basically ruined and she's has to go to therapy and things to try to get over what her mom has done to her then there's the granddaughter who is more simpatico with Lori and so there's three generations of strode women who are ready to go when Michael comes back to town with his butcher knife and it has a lot of really cool nods to the first film, like even actual shots that if you're a fan of kind of cinema that you would enjoy, I would think. Some of the writing, there's a little bit of the stuff, it's a little little too much with the uh, granddaughter and her friends, but you get where that's coming from too, because there was a lot of teenagers talking in the first film. So it, it, it kind of comes full circle in a lot of ways. I found it very satisfying. I find myself a little bit shocked with people saying, eh, meh, it's, it's okay, it's it's not a very good Halloween film. Because I, I, I think it, it, it does all the things that it needs to do. It's more than just merely competent. And, uh, I don't know, I found it a very satisfying film. And a film that, uh, you know, they could do another one. And uh, it would be alright with me. So, uh, I liked it a lot. It was interesting, we saw that film... And then uh, during a matinee last Saturday, and Saturday night, Julie wanted to go to Central Cinema, the theater yes. that you know well, and see uh, they were showing Psycho. Right on. So we went for Hitchcock Hitchcocktober, they're calling it, and saw so... Psycho, and interestingly enough, Janet Lee, the woman who gets killed in the shower scene in Psycho, is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. Whoa. Isn't that a truth? I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I didn't put it together until later that that was the case. And I thought that was pretty cool that on the same day we saw these two films. It had a nice synchronicity to it. That was pretty neat.
2: That
4: is awesome. Speed of Horror. Yes. I saw a movie. It's been on my list of things to see forever and ever and ever because Kevin Smith, and I watched it with my, with my kid, saw Tusk.
3: okay how was it this is another film that gets like some people shit on it some people think it's really fun
4: alright so I was expecting a completely different kind of movie because Kevin Smith is funny and I thought this was going to be a kind of funny ridiculous movie it was not it was kind of in the torture porn body horror ilk which is not my cup of tea so I'm probably not the best guy to judge this movie, but I was really surprised by what I saw and my poor kid, it it just about broke him because he was not ready for that at all. Afterwards he kept going, Why did they make that movie? What was the purpose of this movie? Why was that made? So you know Yeah, because he if, doesn't I'm sorry. Like, you
3: have the history of seeing, like, Cronenberg movies and things. Like, you, yeah. you've seen body horror, and you know kind of a little bit about what that genre is about. The the idea of something, like, growing inside you that you can't control is terrifying. And yeah. so, yeah, so, to so you know, maybe as a younger kid, wouldn't have that background that you have, having seen all those films.
4: Yeah, just to, to get hit with that, I mean, that's so rough. That's a rough start down that path. Was it fun? I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, I saw oh. Red
3: State, Smith's other horror movie. Horror yeah. horror ish movie, and I thought it was okay. It wasn't it wasn't great and it wasn't terrible, but I you know, I wasn't thrilled to see Tusk when I saw it, and it sounded like he came up with the idea on the podcast, which you got to question that. I, I would question <laughs> we anything. We never come
2: up with
4: a good idea. Anything, on a yeah,
3: exactly. Anything we come up with on the podcast is questionable.
4: Yeah, not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't ever do anything you think of on a podcast. Actually, it, if I'm going to judge the movie itself, the movie itself was probably pretty good. I just wasn't prepared for it, and I knew it wasn't really my cup of tea. Okay, you you probably like it more than I would. I, I'm not going to crap on the movie. It's just, it wasn't what I was writing. You did have ready. that
3: problem with Mandy.
4: I think as Mandy was a steaming pile of shit that wrote a script, and that <laughs> script was Mandy. <laughs> yeah, Tusk. Huh? I don't know. I told a friend of mine. I'm like, yeah, we were talking about stuff we'd watch with our kids, and I told him I'd just watch that. And He goes, what were you thinking? <laughs>
1: I didn't know, man. I didn't
3: know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Speaking of things on Netflix, we uh, just completed The Haunting of Hill House, the new series by Mike Flanagan that can be found on that very medium.
4: And you, you watched the whole thing?
3: You watched the whole
4: thing. So now that you've seen the whole thing, is it worth it? <sighs> yeah, absolutely.
3: It's worth watching. Um, I would say this. I would say I enjoyed it more until I started thinking about it and you know me already that ghosts aren't my aren't my jam when it comes to horror. I yeah. find ghosts kind of ridiculous. They can't kill Haunted you. houses.
0: Yeah, they thing. can't
3: do anything to you. They just scare you. So at the end of the day, they're not ripping your guts out like a zombie. They're not sucking your blood like a vampire. They're not decapitating you like a werewolf. Eh, ghosts don't do a lot for me. But the acting in it is really good. The casting is amazing. Mike Flanagan did a film that we first saw at the Myth uh, Maelstrom International Fantastic Film Fest called Absentia, which was fucking great for a low-budget ghost story. Really good, chilling stuff. He then followed that up with Oculus, and he's done a number of films since then. And yeah. it was a very well-crafted piece, well-acted. There's just some things that you start asking questions later like, well... If this happened, then you don't have a movie. But other than that, it was legitimately chilling, atmospheric, and there are some scares in it that are real fun. So I would say if you, do, if you are a fan of horror, absolutely sit down and watch the 10 episodes. It's a good series. It's not great, and don't think about it too hard, but I think there's some fun to be had
2: there.
4: All right, I'll I'll put it on the list. I just finished uh, watching Ozark, so now I've got a little space. See, isn't that show, like,
3: fucking, God, I'm glad I'm not a member of that family. (laughs) 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 And it doesn't stop. The tension just always ratchets up. It's the end of the season, and they're still fucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucked is just like, that's where the bar is sitting, is fucked. And then there could be less fucked or more fucked. But.
4: Good fuck.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. that that show stressed me out. I could not binge to watch that show because... Yeah. It stresses I'm, me out to I'm no end. i it, would be like, oh, do I really want to feel this bad?
3: But then you're like, oh, whew, it's not me.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have to I, deal I with guess. that. Right. Yeah. But not... Yeah, I do very, very little business with the Mexican drug cartels.
3: <laughs> exactly. And it's probably good very, that you very... you should keep it that way. I don't know, just yeah. saying.
4: Imperceptible level. <laughs> That's right. I don't know how you start down that path. Yeah, as soon as you go, oh, I'm dealing with <laughs> bloodthirsty, ruthless, powerful people that will kill me at the drop of a hat. Maybe, maybe you just don't do that maybe not. Hey Gord, do you but, like the live music? See. Hey Steve, I like the live music. I went and saw the Mad Caddies, which is a fun Scott Punk band that's been making Scott Punk for 20 plus years, and I didn't even know about them. Nice, but my lovely wife drugged me out to see this show, middle of the week, two hours out of town. She really <laughs> loves the band, so Y'all we love went. those middle of the week shows. And it was it was freaking rocking. These guys absolutely brought it. If you get a chance to see the Mad Caddies, you should. And I'll tell you why, because like the middle third of their set was just them going, "Hey crowd, what do you want to hear?" And people would shout out their favorite songs, and they'd be like, "We'll play that," or they'd shout out <laughs> one song, and like, "Nope, that's gonna be at the end of our set." <laughs> nice. They just got up there and they they freaking played. They brought it and. The singer can sing. The bass player can also sing. They hit, you know, they just got up there and he hit all the notes and rocked out hard. Fun. Beautiful stuff. Mad Caddies. Mm. You should check them out if you like the punk ska thing. They will make you happy. Excellent. Well, I saw a live show this week
3: as well. Do tell. You know, the uh, Mount Nerdcore tour came to town, which was pretty amazing. This is a Nerdcore Tour featuring MC Frontalot, MC Lars, Schaefer the Dark Lord, and Mega Ran that played in Seattle. And they had the local opener, Kirby Crackle. So literally Jeez. five bands that have been featured on the Bone Match Show were playing live on the same night. That's pretty damn
4: fun. You kind of have to go to that. I had
3: to go. How could I not go? And it, what was cool about it was, you know, each band would go up, Okay, Shiff for the Dark Lord goes up. All right, joining me now on stage, MC Lars. <laughs> they were constantly doing these collabs where different members of the tour would be jumping on stage with them to do songs. And it was super fun. I mean, they literally played every single hit song that you could possibly think of from these guys. I mean, MC Lars played uh, Download This Song and uh, Mr. Raven Schaefer the Dark Lord played Do Sex to You, and uh, Megaran did Splash Woman, of course, and uh, oh, uh, also MC Lars with Schaefer did Do the Bruce Campbell. I mean, it was just like fun stuff. Uh, MC Frontalot did uh, It Was Pitch Dark and First World Problems. I'm like, it was just like fun song after fun song. A lot of great people in the audience were into it. It was packed out for like a Tuesday night in Seattle, so there was a great response. Uh, Kirby Crackle, Kyle only got like 20 or 30 minutes, but he did a wonderful job getting the show fired up. So it was so much fun. I had a great time, and uh, unfortunately, by the time you hear this, this tour is over. But uh, it sounds like they're going to hit the road again in a few months to do a few more dates, maybe on the East Coast. So keep an eye peeled for that, because uh, this was a cool tour. I mean, it was like 14 bucks, dude. That's a steal. <laughs> it was like the value of the year. So uh, great time, uh, Mount Nerdcore Tour, absolutely fun. Right on. Let's listen to one last tune, and then uh, we'll do our, our closing of the show, because uh, there's a Motorhead-flavored tune that I think we need to get to.
4: Very, very Motorhead-flavored. Double Murder Suicide! Turbo Burger suicide, which, if you think about it, it has the same beater as Clawhammer suicide. Well, then, we got to do this. Yeah, let's do it.
3: All right, once again, that was Double Murder Suicide from Fall to Your Knees, 2010. And because it's double, I doubled up with Can't Survive the Pain from No Future for the Week, 2000. We're going fucking nuts here, people. All the music you can stand from Die Monster Die. Once again, find their stuff at diemonsterdie.bandcamp.com. Thank you once again to Die Monster Die for allowing us to share their incredible music with you the fans also thanks to sam haynes for uh, lending a little bit of season of the witch again you can get his stuff at sam thanks to stalker farms for letting us play a little bit of the awesome sounds from their haunt and thank you to you man it's been a pleasure doing halloween shows with you for 11 fucking years, good lord
4: Wow, thank you too, Steve Because you and I never went trick-or-treating together
3: We never did You know what, though? Maybe that's another reason why Return of the Living Dead is so important to me Because you and I saw it together
4: That is definitely our movie
3: We saw a lot of movies together I remember I saw The Gate with you I saw Framed Roger
4: Rabbit is one of my (laughs) Yeah, that (laughs) one That I saw with you
3: uh, Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time I saw with you. Oh, really? Yeah. That was the first time? Right on. You had a VCR before most of the people. We didn't have a VCR yet. We had to rent one still.
4: Yeah, so we you had a VCR have, early on.
3: Yeah, so you would have movie nights where we would rent stuff. and come over to your place and watch it. And I remember, like, being at your house on Halloween and watching the Elvira MTV special... And getting ready to like go, maybe just hang out in the neighborhood, and then come back and watch horror movies. That yeah, was we did trick or good, treat
4: that We definitely like hung out.
3: Yeah, good memories.
4: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for that uh, having that VCR early on. It was thanks uh, for
3: having a VCR and a subscription to Stephen King Book of the Month Club. <laughs>
4: right, and all the Stephen King books. That was your,
3: your dad was, was awesome. instrumental in our love of horror, and he doesn't even know it. He might. I don't know. I have to tell him. Yeah, you'll have to mention that to him. All right, our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. Got new content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour.
4: And you can find my stuff at mightywombat.com. You find it there. You can find me on the Facebook and you can find the Bone Bat Show on the Facebook as well. You can. You can also
3: follow Bone Hand on Twitter. I am uh, there as well, and we've got a Bone Bat Twitter feed where you can find film festival information, which is coming upon us very quickly. In addition to our Bone Bat Facebook group, thank you very much as always for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend.
4: Uh, you said coming upon us.
3: Don't forget, uh, only a few more days left to buy tickets for Halloween Against Homelessness. It's eight bucks, people. What else are you going to be doing at 10 p.m. on Halloween night? Bring eight bucks and some socks. That's right. Come help out the homeless, rock your ass off, have a great time. It's going to be awesome. Uh, We're going to listen to next one of my favorite tunes by die monster die again in my opinion this is the best misfit song the misfits never wrote one night at devil's rock the video to it is great too you look it up from the album only the dead will survive i hope you dig it once again this is steve and this is gord have a good one have a spooky one and happy halloween
2: A century ago My girl and I Disappeared Uh the
4: I'm talking you stop. <laughs> okay.
1: <fair>. <laughs> <laughs> you know.